Welcome, welcome, welcome to a new episode from those girls you know. It's the Boogie. And we're here for Cultured and Candid. Welcome. Say hey, girl. <laughs> What's up, people? I didn't know if you was finished talking. Oh, yeah, no, nah, I was done. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, these intros are becoming shorter and shorter because y'all finna start getting real music. I ain't Yeah. What's up, great people? We back. Back, 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 back at it again. Back at it again. What are we talking about today? We are talking about comedy, comedians, and are they obsolete? So. Mm, okay. 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 I'm here for that. I'm here for that conversation today. Figuring out if there is relevance in comedy. I mean, before we, you know, get into it, get into it, just off the top of the dome, do you believe that comedians are becoming obsolete? I thought you were going to start singing that Celine Dion song. <laughs> do you believe in love? In love? Hey, hey, hey. Okay, no, okay. Um. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> the question was, do you believe that comedians are becoming obsolete um, in any way? I am going to say that I, this is a two-parter answer. Okay. First, I think that in the age of technology, Yes. So, um, like I was saying, um, this is a two-parter. Oh, Jesus. This is a, a two-parter answer, actually. Um, one, in the age of technology, yes, it has. comedians have become obsolete. Because the things that people enjoy as far as, like, humor is like a 30 to 45-second timer. And it's, it's like a machine. And, and it just it keeps going. There's never not something funny to, to watch or to see. Um, versus... On the other end of that spectrum, I feel as though as a society, it is a requirement to have comedians because they are the true, the real truth sayers. Like I'm a, I'm a firm believer that without the art of comedy, people aren't able to look internally um, as far as like on a, what's the word I'm looking for? On a, a surface level type of thing, you know? And we'll get deeper, deeper into that. But if I had to give you an answer right? Just like a flat out answer. I do believe that they have become obsolete or, or in the process of becoming obsolete. Okay. Okay. I mean, I would say that comedians haven't become obsolete. I just think that they have been censored mm -hmm. in, in a space where you should be able to turn the mirror around, right? Um, comedy used to be a space where you could discuss hard topics and make it funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and to loosen up some of the angst around having the discussions, right? Because like comedians made it easier for you to be able to even bring it up in conversation like hey you hear that new um dave Chappelle special remember when he was talking about such and such and such and such i mean that might be able to be that might be the way to mm -hmm. open it up so it's not as heavy um mm -hmm. but also being able to sit in a space right. and laugh at yourself or um understand some mm -hmm. of the 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 toll that it puts on people in a more light setting and now I feel like, you know, comedians are being shaped and, and placed into certain positions and corners to have to, like, mm. not say what they want to say. You know what I'm saying? And not, you know, right. Um, Dave Chappelle hit a little bit on that and we can talk about that later. But um, the days of a red fox you know, early Eddie Murphy, uh, yeah. Richard Pryor, 
Richard those are Pryor. over, bro. Like you, yeah. you can't do that because everybody is so easily <laughs> offended and not allowing comedy to do what it needs to do. Comedy is real medicine for your ass. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if you take an introspective look, comedy helps you do that without not necessarily feeling bad, but not feeling um not feeling in such a way that you can't have a conversation with folks because you used to be able to talk to people and have differing opinions but the more the more um our society grows in an inclusive space not to say that inclusivity is not needed but the more we push the more radical end of of inclusivity um we become more hive brain and if ain't nobody thinking with the hive then they gotta be against us right. and it's really fucking weird it's really weird what are you laughing at um, <laughs> I'm laughing at you them last few statements I'm like girl ain't that the fucking truth we have become as a society very hive brained hive brained rather as you stated um and I think what the importance from when, from any state, right, is the space to be able to speak your truth. And I feel like when you start saying, like, oh, I want to I speak my truth, I want to speak my truth, people get bogged down by the details because it don't match their truth. And that's a problem because when you're a comedian, you're literally speaking your truth from your experience based on the world that you step into every day that we all step into, but your perspective is different and it's okay. And I think that is very important in today's society because I think a lot of the, the things that we find humorous are just like, like I said, 30 or 45 seconds of maybe self-deprecation, maybe 30 or 45 seconds of like somebody making commentary on something that happened, but it's not, the art of storytelling, because in reality, comedy is an art of storytelling. That's just what it is. Just prime example, like I, I tell you all the time, I'm fucking hilarious. We sit and tell each other stories back and forth. And it's not because we're comedians, but because we've lived life that we find to be humorous or we've lived life long enough to understand what situations are humorous. That I don't care what the topic is. I should be able to sit with whomever and have a have a snickle or chickle about it and yes i said chickle i mean listen I'm a, I, I do I, i'm I truly a firm do. believer in what cat williams said he said you shouldn't get your seven laughs off of everything ha 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 you know what i mean because you should be able to find humor in whatever you know what i mean like if we take a look at the wayne's right. family they found funny True. in everything and that was the way to cope with it you know what i'm saying like Marlon Wayans did an interview where he was mm. like, yo, we, we could have went to a funeral and found something funny about it, you know? And that was the way of us dealing with, right. you know, things going on in our life. We were just, comedy right. was the outlet. And you can't even have a comedic outlet right. anymore without there being parameters around it. Not to say that you need to go and, and or uh, demean how people live and all this other stuff, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, what I find funny may not be funny to you, and that's okay. But that doesn't mean that I um, mm -hmm. am being harmful Should to stop you being funny or stop talking about funny. what I'm talking about. <laughs> exactly. I agree with that, too. I mean, like, I, they usually, you know, when you laugh at stuff that you're not supposed to laugh at, they call it dark humor. And I've always deplored that, mainly because... Everything that I find funny is technically morbid or dark humor. You remember, I don't know if I told you this joke. <laughs> we was living in Iowa. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We're living in Iowa. My mom is out here with her girlfriend and doing whatever they need to do or whatever. And we all work together, right? Well, my mom was still in contact with uh, one of her ex-girlfriends or what have you. That's another issue, right? And the girl was pregnant. So the girl, you know, my mom is just trying to be supportive through her process because they, you know, were close. All right, cool, right? 
Well, her girlfriend had a problem with it. Of course, because I'm your girlfriend. You talking to your ex, yada, yada, yada. Right. So the girl ended up losing the children. Right. She was pregnant with twins. She ended up losing the babies. Right. This put my mother in a funk. Right. My mom's like, oh, that's so sad. You know, I hate I hate that for you. But my mom is like physically in a funk about this woman who she's no longer with losing her children. Right. Because any feeling person would, you know, be like, that's, you know, not carry it with them, but they'd be like, damn, that's sad. I'm here for you. Right. Mind you, we're in another state. So something happened between my mother and her girlfriend while we were at work. And my mom's like, yo, I don't want to hear shit else from you. Don't talk to me for the rest of the day. Right. So her girlfriend was like, I don't give a fuck about that bitch or her dead babies. My mom was like, you fucking disrespectful. She was like, I don't give a fuck. Dead babies, dead babies, dead babies, dead babies. And when I tell you the entire row erupted in laughter. Nobody's laughing at dead babies, but a lover spat. <laughs> and then now all of a sudden this bitch talking about dead baby, dead baby, dead babies. I don't give a fuck about that bitch, her dead babies. Like, <laughs> That shit's a knee slapper for me. Though, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it was wrong to laugh, but nobody censored her from saying that. Everybody laughed. Nobody was like, yo, you shouldn't be talking about dead babies. Nobody said none of that shit. And I feel like having that freedom to be able to express yourself is important because even though it wasn't funny to my mother, everybody in that motherfucker got one of their seven laughs. Okay? <laughs> and that's just what it is. It's supposed to ease the the hardships of the lives that we live. And I feel like when people were like, oh, yeah, he made a joke about trans people. Oh, yeah, he made a joke about this. So, because if it doesn't apply, let it fly, right? The only time people get really up in arms is when they see, see the truth, their own truth, in something that somebody else is saying, and they're upset that they're bringing it to the light. Okay. So when it comes to that censorship, you got me fucked up. I mean, for real, though. Mm. That's real. But bitch, she said, Dead baby, dead baby. I don't know. It's, it's like, I wonder how people are going to be able to to do stand-up anymore. You know what I mean? Like, because I feel mm. like everything is offensive to everybody. Like, I, I start thinking about Adele Gibbons. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She's like, I'm a motherfucking mm. lady. You, you know what I mean? And you know. that type of I know. <laughs> that type of stand-up would be offensive to a whole bunch of people now. And I'm just like, like who, why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you don't have to. You gotta give you me gotta some agrees, But that just means don't go see it or right. or don't. You know what I'm saying? Don't support it. But to label somebody and to mm. pigeonhole their perspective because it's not in agreement with your own, I think is, is very asinine. You know what I mean? And I just think about some of the, the great comedians that we've had the opportunity to even just witness, whether that be off of albums, DVDs, mm -hmm. um, I don't know, like just shows like, Fucking comic view, right? Like even Comedy Central has some space for for you know like stand up comedy to happen. Uh, Deaf Comedy yeah, Jam, like yeah. Deaf Comedy Jam, couldn't exist right now because the the topics people would bring up and and how they lived their lives back then wouldn't be able to even mm -hmm. air these days because there's too much controversy in it. And I'm like, yo, like yeah. That right there is some gut wrenching laughter, like Bernie Mac, bro. But when he started talking about that little gay boy, I want to say, "I got cookies." What's up, I got cookies? I told you, told your faggot ass, you couldn't have no Mickey cookies. Like, like you, that is comedy gold, bro. Listen, <laughs> and who child? People would censor him, <laughs> and I'm just like, that's not comedy, bro. Like. It's weird. It's and like, now you got these like instant comedians and it's it, it's diff it's interesting to see because I don't know if 
I don't know if this is evolution or if it's devolving because I feel like you can't do both. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, if you ask me, I think it's a, a repetition. I think it's a repetition history. I think what we're seeing is comedy going from an art form to back to just being court gestures. Like, it, when you look at it for what it is, 30, 45 minutes of you acting an ass to make somebody laugh, that's it. It's a, it's a repetition of history. Because who are you appe appeasing? You know what I'm saying? You're appeasing the masses. You are here to make a fool of yourself so that other people will laugh and smile and like you. So are that's you saying it. that that's what you think comedy has become? Like it's just reverted back to a space where you're just making a fool of yourself for people to laugh at you? In, in most cases, yes. And I see this more so in a, in a tense of like when you be watching like Instagram and these video, these reels on Instagram and these TikTok videos, that's really what it boils down to. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. Some people are actual comedians and they're actually telling jokes. You know what I'm saying? Or they're doing the scenario jokes. Those are the things like that for what I'm referring to, the scenario jokes. Like, bro, yeah. It's funny because we, we've all experienced it. Thank you so much. What's next? Where's the joke? You know? Um, I think of it more so, and I just, damn, this was just on my mind. Damn it. When it boils down to it, I think the best way I could answer that question is that I don't want to say that it's becoming comedy. I want to say that it's replacing the true art form of comedy. And that's just what it is. Because a lot of people, they don't want to tell the jokes they want to tell because, like you said, they're being censored. So now they're pigeonheld to this space of just like telling these shitty ass jokes or just becoming, you know, like the spectator, you know, these spectacles. Oh, that's what I was going to say. The example we see in this is like wilding out when they start adding new crew, like cast members and crew members, you know what I'm saying? And it's people that you see in these videos that be funny in these videos, but they don't be funny on that show. They got one or two times that they might, you know, catch a laugh like the chick that, um, that do nails. Her name is Mimi or what have you. You know what I'm saying? She down here in Atlanta. Don't get me wrong. Like on her little videos, she do be funny. Like the voices she make, which is her normal Asian voice. You know what I'm saying? It'd be funny. It's funny that she an Asian woman that's acting black and hood or acting hood rather. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's funny. But that doesn't come across in a show that requires you to have punchlines, that requires you to be quick on your feet. It's improv. You know what I'm saying? That's the purest form, if you ask me. Improv is the purest form of comedy. So it's just like, they ain't got it. But all of these people have all these followers and people think these people are so funny. But in reality, they're not, that, that funny doesn't translate when it comes to a punchline. That's what I'm talking I will say, on the topic of wilding out, I think we got to remember... That is not a topic. It is an example, ma'am. It is an example. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, fine. With the example of, well, with the the example example of, of wilding out, I think we got to take that with a grain of salt, though. Yeah. Only because right. those shows can be up to two hours long when they're recording them. And then they condense it to a 45-minute special or, you know, 45-minute episode. A lot of shit get cut out. And it's a reason motherfuckers keep reappearing. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's not because they're not funny. Because Nick, if Nick Cannon gonna do anything, is make a dollar. And if you ain't making him no money, you ain't coming back on the show. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I know uh, lovely Mimi is uh, situationally funny when she does the the stuff on Instagram or whatnot. Um. And then, I mean, it's, it's a few people who on that show would present as not funny all the time. 
Um, but I think we got to take that with a grain of salt because we don't see the whole the whole production. Shorty could have got her her ones off at some other point that just wasn't, but like in the final edits. Um, but mm -hmm. I do agree that um, everybody who's funny on social media isn't funny like as a stand up comedian because that particular right. skill does not translate everywhere um stand-up comedy is an art form and it's not tiktok mm -hmm. and it's not instagram you know mm -hmm. um being in front of a live Isn't audience it? that shit may not translate because what people fail to realize mm -hmm. if, if they want to transition from a social media space to a um a live stand-up space is that just because you got views don't mean everybody who viewed it liked it hello you know what i'm saying like they could have looked at that shit and was like that's trash <laughs> you know what i mean like mm -hmm. it is what it is i i can't tell you how many things i get sent on tiktok or instagram that pe other people think is funny and i just i end up watching it and i'm like okay whatever <laughs> you know um hopefully nothing that i've sent you because i'll be sending you funny shit it better not have been nothing i sent you I mean, who's to say? <laughs> Nigga, I'm funny. I know funny shit. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nah, I'm fucking with you. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it's just hard to actualize mm -hmm. at times, and I don't think people really take into account what it means to be a comedian, to be able to label yourself a comedian. Mm -hmm. Um people just popping up and assuming that they're funny to everybody agreed agreed like um i like what comedians are doing now where they're just like to like kind of break into that social media space um just like pushing out clips from their shows like shows that aren't necessarily recorded for view but you know just Thursday night at the improv type shit. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I love that they're doing that because it's showcasing the raw talent and you really get to like be able to delve into it. A person that I've been doing that with a lot is um, Matt Reif. I'm not sure if you've heard of him my or boy. what have you, but he is a little white boy, the little white mm -hmm. boy that used to be on Wild and Out. He actually fine as fuck, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> But even still, like, he's funny than a motherfucker. But I noticed that it, within his comedy, he does a lot of crowd work. So that lets me know that even though you might push out your your crowd work in your social media, like, what those punchlines really look like, though. Like, so now I'm I'm intrigued to know what your punchlines are like if you're, you know what I'm saying? Like, if your, your crowd work is nice. You know what I'm saying? Another person that I enjoy right now, her name is uh, Zainab Johnson. I think it's her last name a tall slender chick um she's usually on the west coast or what have you all you see is her jokes baby she's like yeah you know i realized i was dating this diplomat right and i just thought i was gonna be doing my my yada. like you know what i'm saying like she just really gives it to you I can't, i'm not gonna do the joke because i do not tell other people's jokes properly but nonetheless <laughs> like i like how they're pushing themselves into the social media space because that's what has to happen for them to be able to thrive in, in their craft. And it's kind of sad that that's what has to happen because I feel like some of the best talents are the ones that had to like get it in the gutter and, and grow the fan base like organically versus, you know what I'm saying? Social I media. I mean, yeah, but social media is the way to, to reach the masses these days because it's not a lot of people who go into comedy clubs to listen to new, to new talent. You know what I'm saying? People are going to comedy clubs True. because somebody they know that's funny already is going to be there. They're not going to comedy clubs right. on that off night just to be like, here's something to do. This is what I like to do. You know? Um, right. It's unfortunate. You know? Um, some of the larger cities mm. still do that, right? Like have comedy clubs open right? Um, for people to have something to do. But mm. I remember um, <laughs> Deaf Comedy Jam special I think it was a Deaf Comedy Jam special that uh, Steve Harvey was talking about, like how he had to work 
almost like a chitlin circuit of comedy clubs. Right. And even in Chicago, our neighborhood comedy clubs have closed. You know, mm-hmm. like our small, our black yeah. owned spaces, our intimate spaces where young comedians mm-hmm. can come up and, and really earn their stripes are closing. You got to be able right. to book larger venues. And it, the only way to do that is to do these smaller shows in, in places that still have smaller venues and record them and put them on social mm-hmm. media, grow your platform so you can be in these larger spaces to really make the type of impact and the type of coin that you want to make. And um, unfortunately, they got to go with the flow on that one as far as promo and, and exposure. Because the attention span of the people who really about to spend this money is is shortening by the minute. Bro, that's the one right there. I think that's another another like um, obstacle for the true comedian is the attention span is no longer as long as it used to be. Don't get me wrong. Like they'll tell you, like even with the news, when you are going through like journalism classes and stuff like that and you want to do like broadcasting. They'll tell you, you need to like hit key points within 30 seconds because that's the time span that you're going to have to keep somebody's attention. Literally news stands for notable events, weather and sports. <laughs> like it's, it's crazy. And that's why, you know what I'm saying? You'll see those little spurts for like 10 seconds, murder in Clayton County <laughs> because they have to capture you and they can't talk about the, the details a little too long because they need to capture your attention with something else. Um, so I think that I forgot what I was saying. <laughs> I think that I forgot what I was saying. Mm, that's uh, that attention span. <laughs> I, I mean, or it could just be the, you know, the ganja. Damn, let me live. Y'all never let me live. <laughs> but nonetheless, I mean, I just think that we're, we're evolving in a manner that is devolving society and how we interact with one another. I know you said you can't do both, right? So <laughs> when you said that, I was like, you'd be surprised because you could be involved in, in one segment of or one section of something and devolve in another due to that progression. And I think uh, the biggest example of that is that we're trying to evolve as far as being inclusive, but we're devolving as understanding the individuality and the, the actual, what's the word I'm looking for? The um, devolving in the understanding of the special portion of what it is to be an individual. Like I think being an individual is the most special thing that you, God has given you. And when we try to do and act and be like everybody else, it's like a slap in his face. Personally, of course, this is opinion based. I will say that um, to evolve and devolve a genre is damn near mm-hmm. impossible at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because either you're going in a direction or you're going backwards. You know, I mean, either you're going forward or you're going backward. There's no way to do both mm-hmm. at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. Because if you're evolving, right, you're making it more expansive. Mm-hmm. You are redefining what it means to be whatever this is, right? In this respect, is comedy mm-hmm. or a comedian. Um, but if you devolve into what you were talking about earlier into court gestures, right? And not comedians with Mm. an individualistic style that are able to Mm. um, discuss uh, an array of topics for the betterment of society, you're devolving. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like We're just going back to like what you said, court gestures, where you just want to do a multitude of things for people to laugh for a specific Mm -hmm. amount of time. If we're going to evolve, Right. And inclusivity is a part of that evolution. There needs to be a delicate balance between um, being inclusive of people's lifestyles, opinions, however, and the ability to still Mm. be individualistic and have an opinion and be able to 
create the discussion that people need to have mm. around said topics. It's not always going to be comfortable, you know, for the person that the topic mm-hmm. is it about and the person that's being brought to the conversation. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not supposed to be. Right. If, if we're supposed to be elevating and evolving and changing, change only happens when something is disrupted. If the status quo is what you want to keep, then you should have stayed where you were. Should have stayed in your little <laughs> bubble. Because if change right. is what you really seek but, and comedy yeah. is the avenue of said change, you have to be able to be in a mm-hmm. place to be uncomfortable so you can have the discussion. But even by your own definition of evolving, right, of redefining, reshaping, things like that, in just in those you know terms alone, you can say that in this particular sector, or in this particular genre, they are evolving. They are changing, you know, the necessity for things. They are disrupting the normal flow of what it was required to be referred to as a comedian, right? So at that point, when you look at it from that, you know, perspective, then they are evolving. But when you look at it from a, another perspective, let's say as you are giving it, like or like I said it earlier, like, hey, we're not able to be ourselves. The core of a comedy is to be able to be your authentic self and be able to turn the mirror on society and all of those other things, right? So if we're not doing that in a in a manner that is disrupting the, sp- the status quo, then at that point, yes, we are devolving. But if you're reshaping society and reshaping the, the image of the mirror, is it really devolving? I would say... If you're evolving the space and you're still turning the mirror on folks so they can True. have the conversation, but you are adjusting yeah, how you have the conversation, right. that's the evolution. The adjustment in how to have the conversation, not the elimination of how to have the conversation all together. And mm-hmm. I think the devolving space comes in when you are limiting people on how to have the conversation. Because the purpose of comedy is to make the space light enough to start it right so if you are taking away the ability to start the conversation then it's devolving right i'm not saying that you know um devolving the space would be the reshaping of it right i'm saying that if you aren't reshaping it and you're taking it away, then it's devolving. And I'm saying the two can't happen at the same time. You can't take away the ability to have a conversation and then still try to reshape it because the conversation, there's nothing to reshape. That's why I'm saying the two can't happen at the same time. But nobody's saying that the conversation can't happen. That's what, then that's, and that's the devil advocates portion of it. The conversation is still happening. It's just not happening in the most authentic way, or it's not happening in the manner that it did previously, or it's not, you know what I'm saying? Now, when you start talking about ta- like taboo topics, like, oh, I can't make trans jokes. Oh, I can't make black jokes. I, you know what I'm saying? Then yes, at that point it is completely devolving. You know what I'm saying? But these jokes are still being made, you know, though they may be censored or, you know what I'm saying? They may provide a different perspective. It's a reshaping. So I guess that's where we are at an impasse Um, because to tell somebody that they can't tell a joke for the premise based on the fact that it's about a particular community, um, is taking away the conversation. If you tell me I can't tell jokes about the such and such community because that would make me that would make me racist, that would make me homophobic, that would make me whatever. 
and you effectively effectively take my platform from me mm-hmm. and my ability to do my work that's devolving the art form that i have because mm-hmm. now i am being used as a martyr example what have you mm-hmm. to other people in this in this field that you can't do this if you value your job right and the reason i took this job in the first place is because of the freedoms that it had to discuss said topics right right, right? however if you're saying listen I, I appreciate you bringing up the conversation. I think that the joke could have more tact. Mm-hmm. I think that you could approach it from a different lens because right. this was not comfy, right? Let's have the discussion, right? Like mm-hmm. I felt offended by such and such. I think that you could talk about the community and bring up the issues with insect within said community, mm-hmm. but do it better. Right. Right that's a different discussion to have with somebody in a, in a profession, whether that is writers, whether that's comedians, right. No matter whatever. what it is. Yeah. Um, to, to straight up, just label them up and be like, yo, don't support them, cancel them, do this, that, and the third, yeah. because they made this particular joke that I don't like. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here, bro. <laughs> um, I want you to know we're not at an impasse. I completely agree with you, but I had to give you an, an opposing and you know, response like because at the end of the day like people will tell you like oh it's still this you know we're just changing how we're doing it and calling it evolution but in reality like no you're stripping the things that make it special and that's why I said it's important for people to understand that individuality is it's not taboo it's okay to be an individual and do what you want to do not because other people think it's okay it's just yeah. like all of, you know, it's just like when the, when, you know, Stonewall, like <laughs> when we started talking about gay people actually fighting for their rights in the beginning, it wasn't about for them to be able to run the streets and be naked and, you know, be queer and here. It wasn't about that. It was about literally just being able to be themselves without prosecution, like actual prosecution, because in some places it was illegal. Like in some countries, it would people would literally be sentenced to death. It was about being they still able to, are in some countries. They still are in some countries, right? Exactly. Hmm. Let's keep it a buck, right? It's about those people having the freedom to be able to walk and 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 do that and be who they want to be. So when it comes down to it, I think it's very important that we understand that the root of any type of movement the root of anything is just a a people's desire to want to be themselves and i think that when we tell comedians specifically that they can't tell jokes or tell people that they can't say things because they'll be canceled we're not giving them the space to be individuals and that's just what it is but enough of that i think it's time for a new segment (laughs) it's the top five goals of the week the top five clubs of the week. It's the top five clubs of the week. Who's that girl? It's the top five clubs of the week. Welcome to the top five clubs of the week. Run em. Number one on the list. What was number one? Um, in no particular order. Oh, okay. Um, we're gonna start with Coco Jones. Ooh, that chocolate to mama. She's so fine. Ooh, she's so fine. Mm-mm-mm. She's gorgeous. And she just got her first award. I think it was from the BET Awards as Best New Artist. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's dope. Come on, that's nigga. Super dope. Shout out to Coco. <laughs> Voice been underrated for a minute. I'm glad she's getting her flowers. Always here for so, the flowers. That's dope. I love that. I forgot yeah, all about I mean, the BET Awards. It's hard. To be a child star and break out into other things. The fuck you mean, child so, star? Out of her, I think she was on Disney. She was on what? Yeah, Coco. I think Coco Jones was on Disney. Well, on what show? It was probably after our time, huh? Of course, it was after our time. We uh, were okay. watching Coco Jones on um, Disney. I was about to say, but girl, we can find it out. Also, that nigga that was on on Grownish, that nigga didn't transition into music. And that shit is, ooh, child. I do some things to that young man. But I digress. Oh. 
I don't know what man you're talking about. You never watched Grownish? From Grownish? Uh, who are you discuss? Who are you talking about, though? Um, not Lucas, but the other boy that she was into with the big lips. Oh, the nigga that played in Superfly. Duh, duh. He was a music artist before he was an actor. I'm, oh, was he? Wouldn't know. He yeah. he's looking real good now. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't listening before, but I'm listening now. Damn, bitch, you forever let me just let me live. So she was on some <laughs> show called So Random. Good Luck Charlie. Um, those are both, I think, uh, Disney shows. Well, I know Good Luck Char- Charlie um, is, and that ran for a little minute. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. Yeah, good luck, Charlie. Ran for like three years. Um, yeah, she had a little. Uh, she has some more, um, like movies that she's done. Um, okay. Well, welcome. Yeah. up. that's what's up. I love the glow up, sweetheart. Kisses and wishes. Sorry. Anyway, next. Uh, the next up is Halle Bailey. Ooh. Now, baby girl, baby girl has had an amazing glow up. I think a lot of people put a lot of focus on Chloe, mm-hmm. and that is nothing. That's not to take away from Chloe because Chloe, Chloe has had an amazing glow up as well. But Halle, mm. Halle don't get enough flowers. Like little baby has grown into a beautiful, beautiful young lady. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention her voice is still still dope, top tier, <laughs> top still dope. tier. That's a soprano. Top tier. But more yeah. so, I think for for me was like, bitch, you out here changing his story, okay? You out here changing her story is what you out here doing, baby. That's the glow up. That's the real one. Even though I didn't necessarily see the Little Mermaid movie, I'm not big into live action Disney movies because I'm a purist and I like the classics. But <laughs> nonetheless, it was still a great achievement. And I think that's fucking amazing. Also, you know what I'm saying? She been out here showing a little body, yaddy, yaddy, getting, letting these hoes know, like, my sister is not the only one, okay? <laughs> so, yes, you're right. I'm I'm enjoying this glow up. I, I, can't to see, I can't wait to see what happens next. I'm sure she'll probably put out maybe a, a solo album just as Chloe did, or even if they do another album together, I'm here for all of that. Yeah, I mean, they haven't, they both stated um, that they haven't broken up as a duo, but they're just doing their individual projects. Hallie yeah. is supposed to have a solo project coming out soon. So, you know, I'm interested to see what that sounds like. I'm interested to see what her sound is outside yeah. of the duo. Yeah, that's true. Because Chloe has a very eclectic sound, and I think she's like playing around with a lot of different things mm-hmm. just to see like what her niche is. But I think she is going to end up being in a space where. She's not going to have a niche like everything. She's going to do what she want to (laughs) do. And her sound is always going to be different. And I think a lot of people miss that with this this album that she put out. Good to know. But anywho. um, Next up. Third up. Third up. Third up is Angela White, a.k.a. Black China. Oh, oh, God bless her. Okay, I'm I'm here for anybody that's like make that th- that 180 change like regardless if it's you know what i'm saying for the wor- the good or the worst like any person that can truly just just make the change and just be like fuck it like that's some strong shit right there you're a strong woman baby i'm happy that you found your faith i'm happy that you decided that you was gonna take all that all that stuff out you feel me i'm here for all of that that was a, that was a beautiful glow up and she was always a beautiful woman that's what used to piss me off i'm like girl you finding a motherfucker just out here doing whatever. Mm-mm-mm. But you seen them videos of her mm-hmm. mama. You seen them videos of her with her mama. I mean, I think that I mean, I think that Black China has always been gorgeous. Um, I think she had a lot of body work, but I think she's always been gorgeous. Um haven't seen enough of her as far as like in the media, I know she had her own show with her mom, and I know she used to like guest appear on like the Kardashians. I was never a Kardashians girl, so I Neither didn't know. Was I. And then I didn't watch her show. Sorry to say, mm. um, I because reality TV has a tendency to bring the ugly out of folks. Yeah. So um, I feel like she could be a very great human. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Don't know her. Probably you know? is. But um, 
she's always had like a, a beautiful aura about herself, even like from little clips that I've seen of things mm-hmm. um, when she wasn't arguing with folks. Wish her nothing but the best. I'm, I'm, I echo the things that you said. You know, right. I'm, I'm proud of her for making the decision to to be just a better version of herself. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever that may look like financially, spiritually, emotionally, mentally. You know, right. It's a, it's a, it's not, it's not easy out here right. at all. So at the end of the day, I'm always here for personal growth and for a bitch to be in the, in the limelight and the eye of the media and still be like, nah, fuck that shit. It ain't right. Um, I think that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Nonetheless, mm-hmm. who's number four on the list in no particular order? Next up, hey, it is Gabby Douglas. My girl, Gabby. I feel so shitty because I know when you said it the first time, I was like, who the fuck is Gabby? And I'm going to say it again. Who the fuck is Gabby? <laughs> Gabby Douglas is, um, I think she was one of the first black women to win gold for gymnastics. She was before, She was the one before Simone. Okay, she was the one before Simone. I think she's the one who um who uh, Alicia okay, Keys wrote so, but, Girl on Fire for. Thank you. Yes. That's why I'm like, I remember Lil Mama left the limelight after her Olympics debut um, for a while just to get herself together. And now she's coming back into gymnastics. She's going to like uh, return. And I was like, yo, that's dope. How old is she? Um, I think I don't know. I don't want to be wrong. Don't want me no liar. Let me go check the Gabby Douglas girl, because you know American you had, gymnast. You had to say like the first black girl that won the medal for gymnastics. She's twenty five, twenty seven. But she's trying to come back in the game. Ooh. I mean, I don't okay. think she's ever really stopped training. Oh, uh, okay. Um, yeah, I don't think she's ever really stopped training. But uh well that's good. I'm here for it. Yeah. I'm here for it. The glow up the glow up is the fact that this bitch is let, letting y'all niggas have it, okay? The, that's the glow up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Number five. Um, let me see. Let me see. Oh, Kiki. Kiki Palmer. It's only right to end with a Chicago win. Even though she really from the sub. I'm a Chicago win to Chicago win till we blow like Chicago win. What up? The glow up is serious. Don't get me wrong. Like, Kiki always been that girl. Y'all just didn't know she was that girl. Okay? Because everybody remember her as that little girl in the key in the beat. But Kiki always been that girl. Let's keep it cool. One. Two. The body that that baby gave her. The skin that that baby gave her. Chef's kiss. Listen. Chef's fucking kiss. Lauren Kiana Palmer. Chef's kiss. Girl. The glow up has been real. And just even like, just thinking about it from her Disney days through uh, Keela and the Bee to, oh, she did that movie with um with Ice Cube where she was like a football player. <laughs> like, I think it's called. Kiki Palmer is, the, is that girl. I think it's called. For the, real, for real. The she, Longest Yard. True Jackson, she had her own show for like three years. Um, One of my favorite movies, which is probably um not really talked about is Alice um she played this woman who was a slave up through 1976 because these these plantation owners they'd owned the plantation and kept slavery intact until the 70s and she ran away successfully and ran right into modern America, honey. Girl, for real. <laughs> and it's based on a true story. Like, that's the crazy part. I've heard the story. I was like, I never know. I know it was a movie. What? I remember the story, but I didn't know it was a movie. Yeah. What is on Lifetime? <laughs> is it? No. Oh. It's, it was like in theaters. But also, it came out in 2022. So, you know, people were still weary about going to the movies girl niggas been at the movies down here for forever you know in atlanta uh we opened up in may 2020 and never closed okay 
Okay. Atlanta was a hot spot and was telling people during COVID, because, you know, I was working for the airline at the time, telling people during COVID that they had to have, like, tests coming from certain states. So if you was going, if you was flying from certain hot spot areas, you needed to test before you got on the plane, girl. And Atlanta was definitely one on that list. And so was Chicago, New York, and L.A. And Houston. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why mm. that little tidbit information just popped out of nowhere. Bananas and pajamas. But that's our segment for today. And those are our five glow-ups of the week. Those were our five, five glow-ups of the week. week. Five yes. big five. Five glow up for the week. Okay. <laughs> get back into it though. We're gonna get back into it. Back in the so with regard to comedians um potentially being obsolete, are they, aren't they? Right. Um so what do you think like the development on disarming people on sensitive topics has been like from the era of our Richard Pryors to like most recently to our like DC Young Flies. You said what has been the development of that? Mm-hmm. The development of that ability to disarm folks on sensitive topics. Um, I'm not sure I understand the question. <laughs> I think you worded how that a little superfluously. Has it? Oh, are you asking me how has it developed over time? Okay. Um, you know you got to be specific with me. Um, I literally use those words. <laughs> you didn't say over time. <laughs> Even still, um, I think that in in the, let's say, the Red Fox, the um, Richard Pryor days, like, it was more so conversational. It was something that all people of color, or black people rather, had experienced. So it was like having a conversation with your cousin or your uncle and he just talking that shit, right? We all saw what happened down at the steel mill on Thursday. Why are you sitting here talking about that nigga? type time right and then when you know the the crowd changed because we talk about going from like the chitlet circuit to a more um professional setting right well now these jokes necessarily don't have to have to have a little bit more sophistication i just can't stand here and talk shit i have to have a punchline so to speak right and then from that Um, from that, I think when you like kind of fast forward and you get to, let's say, um, like your DC Young Flies or what have you, like, I think that's also more so of a observational thing. You know what I'm saying? Like, they just quick. I don't know how to explain this. I don't. You always ask me questions I can't answer when I'm high. Like, you're the worst. But even still. <laughs> no. So at the end of the day, I think. I feel like I keep trying to tell you this. It's like more of a, a circle because now the people that I would consider comedians are now getting more into that conversational tone. Like um, one of my favorite comedians right now is Ali Sadiq and Ali is a older gentleman. He's in like late forties or what have you. And his set is conversational because he's sitting there literally telling you about his life, you know, versus let's say, you I've never seen DC Young Fly actually do stand up, but from what I understand, it is also conversational because when they go, they do for the 85 South show and they're with, you know, Chico and them and they might just, you know, they riffing off one another. And that's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Because I do love a good improv. Um, <laughs> but on the other end of that spectrum, it's just I feel like it's coming full circle. I think it's more of repetition and an homage to the history. Um, I don't want to say that it's evolving because real comedy just it, it relies on the familiar if that makes sense did that make sense sure 
hate you. Um, I hate you so much. No, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. Um, I would say that, I mean, coming from the era of your Red Fox, Richard Pryor, um, that was a very in-your-face, unapologetic, um, you're going to hear what I have to say type of approach with no regard to how you felt about it later. Like, you could do an interview with Richard Pryor and be like, oh, you said this and it offended this group of people. I'm the fuck. <laughs> like, like, Richard Pryor would straight tell you, like, well, if they got a problem, it's they problem. You, you know what I mean? Like, it was, and it was that. It was done. Like, it didn't have, it didn't really weigh on comedians um, how their sets may impact other folks. Like, even when you brought it up a little bit further to your your Eddie Murphy's, mm -hmm. right? Eddie Murphy area of stand-up comedy. Loved it. He was like, he said, pull over, pull over. <laughs> and that shit is still funny as hell Hello. to me. Because he what? said, it's the actual fag on like, stop at the car. We, 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 You could never say that shit now. You could never. You could you could <laughs> never say. And even then, it was controversial. Yeah. You know, even then it was it was controversial, but he even would say, "Okay, you gonna fight me?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm gonna say what I'm gonna but say. Keep in mind, I'm gonna sell out these shows, and you gonna feel how you feel. But keep in mind when you talk about a stand up like Eddie Eddie Murphy, his idols were the Red Foxes, the the Richard Pryors. So of course that was going to be his approach, right? Um, but it's not necessary. See, I realize now that I didn't kind of clicked in. We're talking about two different points of this. I'm talking about technique. You're talking about content. And that's and I'm like, damn, why? Where's the disconnect? Now I have it. Boom. I'm in the conversation. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, it took me a minute to step back in. But nonetheless, keep in mind, like I said, those were his idols. So, of course. He's going to have that approach to comedy versus the people who are, let's say, coming out the last 20 years. Eddie Murphy is their idol. So the things that they see in his act, the things that they hear him say are not necessarily as raunchy or as raw as the things that he heard from Richard Pryor and Red Fox. Um, yes, and. Uh Red Fox and Richard were not his only idols. No, no, right? no. These like, are examples. About These are examples. His, um, you know, his communication with like your Bill Cosby's. You know what I mean? And as controversial as Bill Cosby is now, bro. Then he was like American Black Dad. And he you know was what I'm funny. Saying? His actual stand-ups so, are funny. I'm sorry. Bill Cosby's stand-ups are actually funny. Like he's actually a funny motherfucker. Okay. Um, so like he even has a piece in his set where he's like, you know, even Bill Cosby told me, like, listen, you can't be saying that type of shit. And he called up Richard and Richard said, Fuck Bill Cosby. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, so when you have that type of dichotomy in your in your influence, um, it's it's a lot of different um different approaches you can take to how you set up a joke or what have you but even in moving toward those newer folks right when you start talking about your kevin hart's your tiffany haddish's right mm. um granted tiffany haddish probably had a different set of different set of influences when it comes to comedy because not only do you have the the privilege of uh of those male kind of like idols mm -hmm. that were real big but you also have this connectivity right to the women in the industry that's a really close-knit group because it's not a lot of them. right right <laughs> so um with the evolution of how comedy has gone like with approach and and delivery like it's just different right um because your delivery is based on your approach to the joke you know what I mean? If you're going to be more cautious in how you approach a topic, your your joke 
is gonna be funny, mm-hmm. but it's not gonna be like the most controversial joke you could think of. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, it might not be a knee slapper. <laughs> it should. It might still be a knee slapper. It, it just not. may not be. It may not be. Uh, I mean, tactless. any comedian, any real comedian, will tell you that the finest of lines is taking taking a topic that you know is a problem or is controversial and taking it right to the edge of that cliff and hanging them over that cliff without dropping them because in reality that's the that's the comedic part of it yeah we're going to take it too far but not over the cliff and it's a fine line that most comedians will say that they, well, most comedians that are okay with making jokes about shit that are controversial, um, they would say that's the, you know, that's the one right there. That's the line. Um, But I think as a people, any real, any person that actually um, enjoys comedy as an art, art, Any person that actually enjoy comedy as an art or what have you, um, we want them to go over the cliff. Any person that in, like enjoys true comedy, we want you to. We want you to just jump off that motherfucker. Fly, nigga, fly. Because that's that's the heart of it, right? That's the that's the that's the real shit. That's the the substance. And I feel like comedians that toe that line and, you know, they keep it safe. It's like, y'all be funny. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But how memorable is that joke? And then uh, that's just left up to interpretation. Mm-hmm. True. <laughs> because at the end of the day, what you find funny, I might not. And vice versa. So You find um, all the things I find funny. Not true. That's not true. <laughs> that actually is it's true. It's not true that that's not true. <laughs> what do you? What okay. do you, I find funny that you don't find funny? There's plenty of shit that you didn't send me that I was just like, okay. Oh well, I get it. That's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I don't think something. I don't think some things I send you be for comedy though. That's the thing. It's about, it's right. It's about the intention, the intention of the delivery. And a lot of times the videos I'll be sending you, I'll be like, look at this stupid shit. It really be that versus this is funny. I guess maybe I should start putting laughing emojis when I find it funny versus just sending it to you. Cause I just be sending them hot. Okay. Twitter fingers. Mm-hmm. Um, girl, fuck you. (laughs) Girl, fuck you. You you want to talk about catchphrases? Yeah, yeah, mine might be girl, fuck you, but your shit is yes and. (laughs) Maybe it is. Maybe it ain't. It is. Literally. Every time you say it, my little. my skin, the hairs on my arms just stand up. Eyes roll. Mm-hmm. Okay. Your dismissive nature is just so disgusting to me. What you want me to do? Argue with you about it? I'm not That's arguing with you. I'm telling you how I feel. You're like, mm-hmm, okay. Like, damn, bitch. That's how you feel. That don't make it my truth, nigga. You ain't shit. <laughs> and that, you guys, is a difference in opinion. And though I may feel a certain kind of way, she don't give a fuck. <laughs> it's not that I don't give a fuck. I'm just not gonna put no energy into it if I know it ain't my truth. And that's a, and that's the same. It's the same semblance as not giving a fuck. Because as the person you care about, I just told you, like, that. I don't like how that makes me feel. And you're like, okay, well, that's not my truth. That it, don't, it don't make me feel like that. So it don't matter. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. 
But nonetheless, you never said that. Well, I never said what. You did not say it makes you feel a way. Oh, I, you said but I don't like. I said I don't like, and I I need you to know when I don't like, you know it made me feel a way. Like, what do you mean, bro? What? Not like it hurt your damn feelings. Feel away. Oh no, no, it don't. You just said you don't like it. You don't like a lot of shit, but that don't make you feel away. Very true. I guess. You're right. And a difference of opinion can always come to amicable understanding. That's the point. The point is a difference in opinion can always come to an amicable understanding. It does not have to necessarily agree, but can come to an understanding. Boom. Bang, bang. They need me on the civil rights team, baby. <laughs> Any of you on the team? Probably not. You say I'm confrontational. I think it's about that time. Probably. Probably about that time. I don't think we got nothing else to talk about. I have nothing left in the tank. And all my devices are about to die. <laughs> Big yikes. Okay. Um, so we're gonna get up out of here, y'all. It's been nice talking to y'all. Um, we will see y'all ass next week. Ta -ta. For another time. Bye bye. Y'all catch us again next week. Same time, same place. Find us on Apple, Spotify, wherever podcasts are at. Hmm?